Hello everyone, this is Dr. Steve Yanni, Superintendent of the Lower Marion School District with another episode of Enter to Learn, a podcast where we talk about everything LMSD. I'm joined this morning by members of our curriculum and instruction team. I'll let them introduce themselves and then we're going to talk about GPAs, grading, weighted grades, and graduation credits. So I'll let my uh, guests this morning introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Dr. Alexis Wobloin, the Assistant Superintendent in the Lower Marion School District. Good morning, I'm Lauren Hopkins, Supervisor of Secondary Humanities. Good morning, I'm Dr. Jason Lilly, Lead Supervisor for Curriculum and Instruction. So about a week or so ago, we had a curriculum committee and uh, Dr. Lilly presented some changes on grade point averages, which we'll be talking about in terms of GPAs, weighted grades, and changes to um, the credit requirements at the high school. So I was wondering if the team could give an overview of the changes that we're making, and then maybe we can dig a little bit deeper into some of the, the more nuanced pieces. Do you want to take that? Yeah, I'll take that. So in our current system right now, um, when we determine GPA, the only things that are included in GPA for students are math, science, English, social studies, and world language. Those are the only content areas that we use to calculate a student GPA. The other part of our current system is any honors, AP, IB, or dual enrollment course is weighted at a plus one. So that means whatever grade a student earns in a course, we add plus one to that grade in our current system. It's a 5.0 system. So I think, you know, I think it's important that maybe we communicate the broader why as part of this podcast. I know we did that in the presentation, and Dr. McGloin, you sent a letter to the community, but can we talk about the why behind the change? Because there might be some people out there that are wondering, like, why, why make the change? Yeah, yeah. So, so as part of our strategic plan, um, we, we did a lot of work prior to my arrival, actually. Dr. Lilly was a part of it. Um, around grading practices in the district, and this has been a conversation that's been ongoing for a long time in the district, um, to look at it from a couple different factors, an equity lens, right? Is it equitable for all of our students? We also thought about it through the lens of our students actually choosing to take courses that really interest them, or are they taking courses to look at their GPA and increase the GPA? And, and our goal was to make sure that every course really was validated and students took it uh, because they really had an interest in it, um, rather than trying to increase grade point average. And so, so there's a lot of conversations that happened surrounding what really should be counted towards the GPA. And then from an equity lens, if you have a one point advantage because you took an honors, an AP, or a dual enrollment or IB course, is that really equitable for students? And so there was several conversations, a lot of research that was done around that area. Yeah, if I could just circle back to the first question, so I'm gonna layer onto that. Um, talked about the system we're in now, but the changes that we've made to try to align with that equity lens is rather than having all students get a plus one for those courses, we've, we've explored some of what other districts are doing. Um, other districts here, like lower, um, so we compare Lower Marion to schools that we typically compare to like TE and Radnor, but also Upper Marion, Wissahickon. So we looked at what some other schools are doing. We also looked at some of the schools in Western Pennsylvania and what their practices were around grading and equity. And what we found is other schools 
typically include all courses in a student's transcript when calculating that GPA. So some of the changes that we made here, we decided that rather than just include those five core areas, we made a shift to include all the courses a student takes, their body of work as a student in the high school as part of how we calculate the GPA. We also changed the weighting. Um, instead of a plus one, we changed the weighting so that honors courses would get a plus 0.15 added on, and then AP, IB, and dual enrollment courses would get a plus 0.25. Again, from that equity lens, we felt like that changes um, both how courses are viewed, how students make choices around certain courses, and level the playing field, so to speak, with the different content areas and courses available to kids. And it really has been a work in progress for a long time in the district. Prior to making this, these changes, the district um, eliminated valedictorian and salutatorian. Last year was the first year we did not have that designation. Um, we moved to a Latin honor system so that we could acknowledge the work of more students than just a few. Um, and so those changes and those shifts happened prior to this, all, all very thoughtfully done. We eliminated um, GPA from transcripts, so we do not put GPA out when we um, send out our transcripts for college, unless we're asked for it, of course. But we've made some shifts um, prior to this, and so this is just another layer on top of that, really trying to get to the point where students are thoughtfully choosing classes and and um, and we're equitable in our work. So, you know, we... Collectively, we've all worked in a number of other districts. So um, do we think that, um, you know, is this change something that is in line or out of line with what other districts are doing? We're, you know, what does this, how does this practice look compared to other districts? So I think compared to a lot of the other districts, places that I've worked, um, I've worked in three other districts, and I know Dr. McGloin and Dr. Lilly have worked in several other districts as well, as have you. Um, and that was a lot of our conversation, too, was trying to bring our practices into alignment more with what other districts are doing. Uh, you know, we, as Dr. McGloin mentioned earlier, we wanted our students to be able to take courses that they're passionate about and get credit for those courses. So knowing that in other places, students can do that and it doesn't hinder them um, we decided to, to move forward with some changes that would sort of level the playing field in that sense as well. That's great. And I know that, you know, some folks that might be listening or, you know, thinking about the change might be worried that, you know, with different weighting, um, this might disturb kids' choices or, you know, chances of getting into some colleges and universities. Can, can one of you share about how colleges and universities look at whatever scale you're using and, and calibrate accordingly? It depends on college, honestly. I think there's a, a belief out there, and I would say I even fell into that belief at some point, where colleges just recalculate your transcript when you get there, and so it really doesn't matter what happens in college. And there is some truth to that, for certain, but depending on the college, um, it, it just their outlook is different. So some colleges will say, I'm not going to look at any electives, I'm just going to look at the course. Others do a recalculation. Others look at like how many honors you take. So really, there is not one specific way that when a student's going to a college or university that they're looking at it. And it also really depends on what the, the university or college is looking for at that point in time. Um, 
Penn State was really easy to get into last year. This year it was much harder. So it depends on the number of students they want, um, what specific area maybe that you are from the country. There's a lot of variables that go into it um, as well. I think some parents might be worried that, you know, if you could get a five before because you were taking an AP or an honors, and now you can only get a 4.25, it's going to look or reflect poorly on students. But I think the message that, as a district, we want to continue to, to reinforce is that we tell colleges how we, how we um, calculate. So I don't see that as being a concern that um, should keep folks up at night. In fact, I think, you know, Colleges are used to school districts making changes, so you know we'll be communicating that out. So that's one thing where you know I mentioned earlier that I've worked in two other districts and I've lived this exact change in terms of changing the weighting process for students um, in both of those districts. So to your point that colleges are used to seeing schools do this, um, I think they very much are. And also, you know, we will put this on on our profile, so colleges will get that information from us and see that we have made a change. So that should also help. And colleges and universities know Lower Marion is an excellent school district, and our reputation um, precedes us. And so just because we're at a different scale doesn't mean that they're not getting a Lower Marion diploma. We will make certain that all of our admissions officers know this change is happening. Um, part of the reason we're rolling it in is to allow us the time to make sure that we have communicated with all colleges and universities ahead of this. Um, and so we're confident that it will not have an impact. That's great. And I, you know, after the presentation, you know, was out, it's amazing how fast word travels, right? Because I had heard from some college admission officers that I have known and they, they applauded the work. So I think, so I think, you know, the information is, is out there and we'll continue to make sure it's out there. Um, my last big question, there's been some question about why we're phasing this in starting with next year's, uh, you know, ninth graders and not just adopting, you know, the new, the new systems right away. Why is that? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in with that one. Um, really, two, there's two parts to that. The first part is what Dr. McGloin just shared. We wanted to create time for colleges and universities to become aware of our changes, make sure that our profile is out there and they're aware of things we're doing here to make things more equitable and what our GPA calculation would look like. But on the other side of things, some of the work we did along the way before making these changes was surveying students, surveying staff members. We had lots of different meetings with different stakeholder groups. But one of the things that came out of the student survey for sure was that our system, the weighting of our courses, does influence student choice. So we wanted to make sure that students who have already made choices along the way in high school under the current system and the current weighting were not impacted in a negative way by these changes. And at the same time, we wanted the changes to be public before students made their choices coming in as ninth graders. That's great. We also spent time with PowerSchool, which is a system that we use for all our grading, attendance, um, scheduling, uh, because the, it's going to have an impact on how we schedule PowerSchool. Running a system that was multiple facets, having two systems at the same time, um, was going to be really, really difficult. In in with the idea that. If you were a junior and you had three years of one type of system and we had a report on the transcript, that system, and then we have another system for when you're a senior and we have to report on that system, the confusion and understanding of how that transcript might actually look and going backward to try to recapture all of those grades and courses was going to be really difficult as well. Um, so, so it's multifaceted really, that change, that change in the idea of 
phasing it in, we looked at it from a variety of different lenses, and in the end, we knew that the phasing was the right model to use for our students and even for our staff. That's great. And the last piece that we, we talked about in that presentation was that um, kids are going to see a slight increase in our graduation credits from 21 credits to 21 and a half credits. So can you just speak maybe like a, a, a quick second or two about why, why that change? Sure. So um, we offer a senior project here at Lower Marion, which was previously a state requirement, and the state no longer requires the senior project. However, we find a lot of value in it, and we wanted to maintain that experience for our students. So in order to do that, that half credit doesn't count in the, uh, in the remainder of the state requirements, so we had to increase our requirements by a half credit in order to bring our credits into alignment with state requirements while also taking into account that senior project that we offer. Because the state requirement is 21 credits, um, we, we require an additional 0.5 credit for senior project. You're right, the value is tremendous for our students, and so we really felt it was important to keep that in place and then increase the credit count that was required to align with state standards and still value the graduation credit in the district. Great. Well, thank you all so much. I know for more information, um, our families can go to our website and click on the Making Practices Public icon. There's an informational document there. Uh, as I mentioned, Dr. McGoyne sent out a community letter that's also linked to our website. And I believe you're doing an ISC Hot Topic coming up, or yes. Hot Topic meeting coming up. So um, I want to thank Dr. Alexis McGoyne, our Assistant Superintendent, Dr. Jason Lilly, our K-12 Math Supervisor, Ms. Lauren Hopkins, soon to be Dr. Lauren Hopkins in about another 24 hours, yeah. our secondary uh, supervisor of humanities. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll look forward to sharing another episode of Enter to Learn in the coming weeks.